The Spiritual Life with Angela Boswell. First of all, thank you all for taking a break from your trick-or-treating and holiday costume activities to join me here. I really appreciate that. So tonight's topic is about psychic protection and energy vampires. First, I'm going to talk about environments, where you live and where you visit. Um, You know, it's hard to explain, but sometimes we just know that something doesn't feel right in these environments. And we want to do whatever we can to run away from it and remove ourselves from it. But that's not always an option. So by using protection, we're able to stop the energy of the place from affecting our personal energy. So some ways that um, I'm sure all of you have had this experience. I I can't think of anyone who's never had an experience like this. So I'm sure you've all had this kind of experience and you can relate. So have you ever walked into a place and just said, it doesn't feel good here? Just doesn't feel good. Or this place gives me the creeps. <laughs> you may not have used that word, the creeps, but that's what I would say. Like something is messed up with this place. I'm getting out of here, right? Or the people who lived here before me were miserable, and I swear I can still feel that energy in the walls, right? Or this hotel room seems so dark. I think something bad may have happened here. And I really don't want to sleep in this space. <laughs> I have a video on how to cleanse your hotel room. It's on YouTube. You may want to check that out because I do that when I travel and it really helps. Um, or you could be thinking or saying something like, my family reunion is being held at my cousin's house and it always feels so negative there. I'm worried I'll pick up on some of it. Or um, maybe everyone at work seems on edge. I like my job and I want to keep it, but I need to find a way to protect myself from the environment. So that's what we're talking tonight, uh, talking about tonight is protecting ourselves in places that don't feel good or maybe where people are arguing or they're negative or maybe something negative happened there or or something like that. And, you know, I have thousands of stories I could share, but uh, tonight I'm only going to limit it to two or three. So, because I know that you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So first let's look at some of the potential causes of why an environment may not feel good. And it all gets down to energy. Everything is made of energy. You know, science has proven that even thoughts have energy as thoughts and brain waves can be tracked. So our bodies are energy and our thoughts are energy. So perhaps we leave some of our thoughts everywhere we go. You know, think about it. Say you're at a restaurant and you're waiting for a table. You're waiting for someone to finish their meal so they can leave and you can sit down. Suddenly you see an empty booth that someone recently vacated and you slide right into the seat. You notice it's warm from the previous person's body heat, which is energy. Well, if thoughts are energy too, then that person's thoughts must be rambling in there somewhere in that heat and you are sitting right in the middle of it. If it blends with your own energy, it's bound to affect you. So wherever we go, we leave body heat and thoughts 
and our energy mixes with everyone else's energy. And let's face it, not everyone's thoughts and energy are positive. So we are constantly being affected without knowing it. Even though we can't see negative energy or energy that's focused on thoughts of fear, anger, hate, or guilt, it still affects us. And sometimes it gives us the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Another one of the words that I use. So it makes sense that energy needs to be cleaned and we need to be protected. We need to protect our own energy from absorbing the energy of others. That makes sense, right? So here are some physical actions that you can take so the energy of an environment doesn't affect you. One of the easiest ways to shift or clean energy is to burn sage. I think, you know, that's hitting the mainstream so much these days. When I first got into this stuff, I don't know, 20 years ago, it, it wasn't as mainstream as it, as it is now. But now there are department stores that carry sage. So um, you can burn sage to shift and cleanse energy, or you can also burn Palo Santo wood. I love the smell of that stuff. I love it. So that's something else you can use instead of sage. Um, if you can't burn them, you're in an environment where you can't burn them. If you just carry them with you, it will provide some uh, protection and cleansing energy for you. Also, if you can't burn sage, here are some other things that you can do. You can carry cleansing sprays with you, um, spray them on your body, cleansing your aura, your car, your office, your hotel room, your, your house, anywhere you can to shift that energy. Um, this is kind of a weird one, but it works, is uh, put salt under your windows on the windowsills and um, that will help protect it, help protect your home and also raise the vibration there. Um, this is something that, that I just do naturally. You can also like put it around the outside of your house, but I find that under the window sills, it, it really helps too. Something else is burning oils in a uh, oil burner. It also cleanses the energy and shifts it. Um, good oils to burn for this are sage oil, dragon's blood oil which for me is crazy potent uh, that's that's my go-to is dragon's blood oil i don't really like the smell of it honestly but it it does wonders um, in shifting energy also rosemary oil and frankincense are uh, great oils to use or you can buy the resin uh did i say that resin you can buy the resin sometimes that southern accent comes out i don't have it under control all the time um, so that uh, frankincense resin, you can burn that as well, and that shifts energy. So it's, it's well, that's why churches burn it. Um, you know, it, it's really a high vibration uh, when you burn frankincense. Um, you can also carry crystals with you. Hematite is a great one. It's reflective. So if you can imagine, it works like a mirror. So any energy that comes to you, the hematite deflects it from you and reflects it back. I, that, that's one of my favorite ones to use is hematite, but I also love tiger's eye. Uh, maybe because I'm a Leo and that's our crystal, but tiger's eye to me is very protective. Um, and, and tiger's eye also, it attracts luck, love and success and it protects you. So I'm all about that stuff, right? So I like tiger's eye. Um, other ones you can use are dark crystals such as smoky quartz, obsidian, and tourmaline. 
those are all really good crystals to use that are protective. Um, and a lot of people like malachite as well. And I'm mentioning the ones that are the most common, um, the most popular, and the most easy to attain at your local crystal shop. Um, I always advise people to buy things locally if you can. Not only are you supporting your community, but most times when you have a private business owner that you can talk with, you can ask them where they get their crystals. And if they can't tell you, or they say, oh, it's from China, or these in our, are made in a lab, doesn't mean those are bad, but they may not be as potent, valuable, easy to use as the real thing. I'll always go for the real thing. Okay, so that that's my advice. Buying them online, you're just not really sure what you can get, but for some people that's their only option if they don't have a crystal shop nearby. So just be careful where you're getting your stuff. If you hold it and it's lighter than it should be, it's probably not real. They're making so many crystals and labs these days. Um, and I know that energy is everything and that you infuse your own energy into the crystal. But I do think it's better to get a crystal that's natural from the earth. So those are some physical things that you can do. Other things that you can do that are mental or these are more energetic things. Or you can pray. I believe the power of prayer is incredible. Pray to who makes you feel protected. For me, it's always Archangel Michael. I ask him to come in and protect me. That angel must just be like, oh my gosh, there's Angela again. She needs me again. You know, okay, Ange, I got you, honey. Um, you know, luckily he can be in so many different places at the same time because I know that uh, I, I do calling him for protection. So just uh, think about who you uh, who you would ask that you feel the most connected with. It could be an angel. It can be Mother Mary. It could be a loved one who's passed away. It could be God, Jesus, your higher power, whatever you're the most comfortable with. But call in some help. Uh, you know, if, if you're dealing with things that you can't see, that you can only feel, then why not call in higher help to help you? Even though you may not see them, they can work in those realms. I mean, it just makes sense to me. You can also imagine walking into a bubble of white light that surrounds you on all sides, top and bottom. And for any empaths that are listening right now, you have got to do this. Do this every day. Surround yourself in a bubble of light, white light every day. Um, I had a client I was talking to a few weeks ago, and he had to go to a funeral, and he's very empathic, and he was just really worried about going. He just said every time he goes to a funeral, it takes him days to recover because not only is he mourning, but he picks up on all the energy and all the sadness of everyone there, and he picks it up, and he feels like it's his own right? He internalizes it because that's what empaths do. And I said to him, look, you, you don't have to avoid the situation. You just need to protect yourself. So surround yourself in a bubble of white light and that nothing can get into that bubble. And that will help you get through this event and you'll feel better. And um, yeah, he messaged me a couple of days later and say it said it really helped. So Please do that because everything's energy. 
So if you are creating this on an energetic level, it does exist. You just may not be able to see it, but it is there. Another visualization that you can do is to put that white light around you and then surround it with a cement wall and then put mirrors on the outside of the wall. So then everything is reflected and you have that extra protection wherever you go. Um, and that'll make you feel safer and it will keep you safer from taking on the energy of others. Just remember to take it down when you're around people that you want to be with. I made that mistake before and couldn't understand why nobody was talking to me when I got home. No one saw me. Everyone just like wandered around me like I wasn't there. And I realized it was because I was putting up that wall every day when I went to work and I wasn't taking it down. So be sure to disassemble these things when you want to interact with people or you might be a little disappointed if you don't. So uh, it's very important to understand that as long as your energy or vibration, your frequency is higher than anything around you, it cannot affect you. Use this vibration to set intentions and boundaries around your energy. I promise you that the energy around you will react accordingly to the energy that you project. I talk a lot about vibration and frequency. Your job on earth is to get to the highest frequency you can before you transition to the other side. So this is part of that. And um, make sure that you, your vibration is always the highest that it can be. And as you're working on that, maintaining it, you'll find that fewer and fewer things can affect your energy because there are two totally different frequencies and it's harder for that lower frequency to come up than for you to go down. So now let's talk about energy vampires. Okay. Um, and I know I didn't talk a whole lot about protection. I gave you some tools there. And I, if you have more questions or you want to know more about that, just come on as a guest in a little while. And we'll talk about more things if I didn't cover enough for you. Okay. So energy vampires. Well, in my opinion, there are two different kinds of these personalities. The first is the unintentional energy vampire. And the second is the intentional energy vampire. So let's start with the unintentional. The unintentional energy vampire, which is someone who drains your energy, is a person who is in constant need of attention. They're not personally going out and trying to tap your energy. They're just thinking about themselves and their needs and being clingy and needing you in their lives, right? They may have victim stories and you may feel the need to try to help them or heal them. Or they may be your family members and you feel obligated to listen to them, to spend time with them, and again, to help them. These people do not reciprocate back to you what you give them. They just take what you give them and they don't return anything to you. After encounters with these unintentional energy vampires, you may feel tired, drained, depleted, and you just want to take a nap. <laughs> You're like, I am done. There's nothing left in me. 
you may realize that your encounter with them has distracted you from your life and the things that you wanted to get done. Their stories are always about how they are the victim, how they can't get ahead, how they need assistance, how life is tough for them. And sometimes they want you to believe that you are the only person that can help them. They need you. In my book, The Educated Empath, I use an example of someone who is in the deep end of the pool and they want your help. Um, the story starts on page 54 and it's about how someone is in the deep end and they're trying to lure you there to help them, even though it means that you may drown. Instead of helping themselves, they would rather have you inconvenience yourself and give them attention rather than you taking care of your own needs. They make you believe that, again, you're the only one that can help and they'll die without you. Right? And um, in the book, I'm just helping people become aware of these things. So that's an example of an unintentional energy vampire. They need their needs met so much that they can't see anyone else or what they're doing to them. Um, if you want to learn more about that story and about my book, The Educated Empath, it's on Amazon. Just search for it and search for my name and it'll come right out as a blue uh, cover to it. So all this makes sense, right? Okay, for the new people who have just joined us, I just want to circle back and say that tonight we're talking about psychic protection and energy vampires. So far, we've talked about physical ways to protect ourselves, such as white light, crystals, oils, and asking for protection from a higher source. We've now talked about unintentional energy vampires, like the one I just described. So let's shift our focus and let's talk about the intentional energy vampires. Now, I saved this story just for Halloween. Okay. <laughs> just so you know that normally, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever told this story publicly, but I'm going to save it for you here tonight so that you know that this is what happened. So, and this is a true story, I promise. This is totally true. This happened to me. So, if you had told me about 12 years ago that there was such a thing as someone who intentionally wanted to influence my energy, manipulate me, and drain my energetic resources. I would have laughed. I would have said, really? Like the person telling me this wasn't very intelligent. Or maybe they were just way out there. Like, really? Okay, yeah, sure. Well, then I bought this metaphysical new age store and I walked right into the firing lane of people who knew how to manipulate energy in ways I'd never heard of. Soon it became very important for me to learn how to protect myself from things that I didn't even believe in a year earlier. So I'm going to give you an example. This one, I'm going to start with an easy one first, okay? So someone told me, they, they came in my store and they told me they were a hypnotist and they could hypnotize me to where I couldn't move. I was like, yeah, try me. Well, there I was less than 10 minutes later, sitting in a chair, unable to move my arms or legs, while the whole time I'm 
participating in what I thought was a relaxing meditation about the beach. There I am in my mind, in my meditation. I'm on the beach. I'm drinking a margarita. It's a beautiful day. Everything's super calm. Oh my God, I can't move my arms or legs. I was stuck in that chair until she released me. It taught me right then to never, ever give over my free will to someone I didn't know and that there were very powerful things in the world which I knew nothing about. Here's a scarier example, okay? And this is the one that I saved just for Halloween. <laughs> Thank you for the love that you're sending. Um, I assume that you too have had this kind of experience where you're like, holy moly, there's some stuff out there I don't know anything about. Okay, so here's my scarier example. And I promise you the story's true. I have not embellished anything. And um, there are times where I do embellish stories because, you know, I'm from the South and what they say in the South is when you tell a good story, facts, well, they're just filler. <laughs> it's the story that counts. But in this case, everything I'm about to tell you is true because I want to use it um, as an example, but also as a warning uh, to other people out there. So they don't have this experience. And if they do, they know what to do about it. Okay. So I met someone that had come in my store. And she told me that she worked in different dimensions and that she would go into these different dimensions and she would scatter someone's energy if she didn't like them and they would think that they were going crazy. Um, she said that she'd actually taught her children how to do it and they were doing it to their teachers, right? And she said she could work on people's energy and manipulate and control them and even take their power as her own. Honestly, I didn't think much about it. And I just dismissed the whole conversation, not taking it like the threat that it was. A few days later, another customer came in the store and told me that she was at that woman's house and there was a photo of me there and it had all these objects around it. And I thought that was really weird. And around this time, I started feeling very tired each morning, like I hadn't slept at all. And after a week or two of this, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was still in that like twilight phase in the middle of the night. I opened my eyes and I swear to you, I saw that woman floating over my bed and scraping energy out of my body, like pulling it out of my arms and scraping it from me. And I screamed, what are you doing? Get out of here. And she just laughed and disappeared. And I was terrified because that really got my attention. I mean, to be honest, I'm not, I was just scared. 
I'd never experienced anything like that. I didn't even know that kind of thing was real. I mean, yeah, horror stories or, you know, people that exaggerate things. But here I was in this situation and it was very real to me. And who could I tell? You know, people already thought that I was a little out there. And then now I'm having this. And most people would say, well, you own that kind of store. What do you expect? You should know these kinds of things. I didn't. I just fell into all of this. So I started sleeping with crosses and wearing crosses all day. Um, I put crystals under my bed. I mean, I was affected by this, but it kept happening. Sometimes subtle, sometimes not. For the next week, I continue to feel drained and tired. And eventually, I got mad about it. Finally, I got mad and I'd had enough. So I used holy water and dragon's blood oil and I smeared it all around the the four corners of my bed and my bedroom door. I put salt, lemon, and garlic all mixed together under the windows in my bedroom and across the floor to my bedroom door. I was serious about this. And not to make this any less, that was just the physical stuff I did. Then I moved into prayer. I asked Jesus, God, Archangel Michael, anyone that I felt could protect me, I asked them to come in and protect me and keep this away from me. I mean, I was mad. I was emotional and I was, I was mad and I was showing it. I mean, I was in it, right? I was done. How dare you do this to me, right? I locked my bedroom door. That night, I woke up and I could feel someone outside the door. I walked over to it and started shouting, you have no power here. I know who you are and you are no longer allowed to affect me. And I started praying very loudly and I was in my power and nothing was going to come near me again. I finally got it and stepped into it and understood what was happening here. I swear to you that my bedroom door handle jiggled. I'm standing right there at the door, screaming through the door and the handle jiggled. She was trying to come in my room. I kept screaming and praying and telling her she had no power here. And I called out her name and I said, I know who you are and I know what you're doing. You're no longer allowed here. I heard a lot of noise going on in my kitchen. And then everything went quiet. And I slept like a baby that night. The next morning, I unlocked my door. <laughs> my bedroom door. I go out and I walk in the kitchen. All of the cabinet doors are wide open in my kitchen and all of the cups are all over the floor. But I knew I had won. I knew it was because it was all about me stepping in my power. 
that was the lesson. And I finally passed it. She was no more powerful than me, but I thought she was. I, I didn't know it. And so I gave her my power, which is like opening a door for someone like that, because I didn't understand. I, I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand this was possible. I didn't understand the whole, the realms of this. I was giving her my power to do as she pleased. But once I stepped in my power, it all disappeared. And when I say my power, I don't mean like, oh, I did that. It was all my ego. I mean, no, it was me. It was God. It was Jesus. It was Michael. We were all working together. But I had finally accessed them at an energetic level of emotion that they could step in and match that energy and I'm sure they're just much higher than mine, <laughs> but I at least got up there a little higher and matched it and was able to call this out for what it was. Okay. So once I did all this and stepped in my power, it all disappeared. That was the end of it. Didn't happen again. And even right now, I hesitate to tell you this story because I don't want to give it power. But I want to use it as a teaching example. I'm not reliving the experience. I'm not bringing the fear back into my current energetic space so that it's affecting me in this. I'm just explaining what happened. It was such a very, very, very strong learning experience for me. And it happened early on when I, um, when I first opened the store, which I'm kind of glad it did then. Uh, because then I knew that that kind of stuff was possible and that there are people out there that really focus on this stuff. And gosh, if they put half that energy into developing themselves, <laughs> the world would be a better place. But some people feel very small and they don't feel like they can do those kind of things. So instead, they attack others and try to take from them and take the light from them. And uh, they can't if you are strong and you step in your power, and you know who you are, and you call up on the higher realms to come in and help you. So this woman, she died a few months after this happened. I heard she'd been working with people who had cancer, and she was acting like a healer, and that she was helping them heal. She died of cancer very quickly. Perhaps she brought that energy into her own body, and it manifested there. I don't know. Who am I to say? I'd like to think that people that are in that space and that haven't learned how to evolve and find peace, I'd like to think that if they can't get there in this lifetime, they leave and work on, work on it on the other side, maybe. I believe in grace, and I believe that Everyone has the opportunity to change and improve, to raise their vibration to a higher frequency. Uh, every person is allowed uh, grace and forgiveness and compassion. But there are those who are not experiencing that in this lifetime. So the moral of this story, as they say, is that no one is more powerful than you. They may know tricks, 
and tools to use to manipulate you, but they cannot control you unless you let them. Don't let them in. Don't give it power. Don't let it happen. Don't feed it. You know, people ask me all the time about, oh, do you believe in curses? And, you know, do you believe in this? Somebody put a curse on me. And, you know, I hear it all the time. And I say, well, what are you feeding? Whatever you feed grows. I mean, that's easy. That's common sense. So stop feeding it. Don't give it any more energy to eat and grow. Either confront it or ignore it. And most of the times you can just ignore this stuff and not give it energy and it doesn't grow and you just move on with your life. Um, in this instance, it was a personal attack on me. She wanted what I had. She wanted to leverage my energy. And honestly, I still don't understand a lot of it. I'll be honest with you. I don't get it. I don't understand a lot of this stuff. Um, I, I'm not curious about it because it's just not my path. Um, I'm not here to learn that this time, right? I'm here to help other people like me have better lives and learn how to shift their energy for peace and to help others. I mean, that that's my journey here. So I have no, no real curiosity about the other stuff. Um, it is there. Um, there is, you know, an equal balance in this world of duality. There's good, there's evil, there's dark, there's light. Um, we have that balance. So it does exist. My job is to help you with information and tools to raise your vibration high enough that you don't have to deal with any of the other lower vibration things around you. I know a lot of people who like to walk in the gray area between light and dark um, and pull from both. I'm just not made that way. That's not who I am. I don't have a curiosity about it. Um, it's just, it's just how I'm made. I'm not a spiritual warrior out there pulling people from the darkness into the light. Maybe in past lives I've done that, but that's not what this life is for. I respect those that have that journey, um, but it, it's it's not me. Um, so. You know, th this wasn't the last time this kind of thing happened. Nothing as dramatic as that. I'd like to think that I could catch it earlier. Um, I, I do. My body has a warning system, and I'm sure yours does too. If you take the time to notice it and acknowledge it, uh, your body has a warning system also. For me, it's, um, it's like one of my chakras like lights up and gets really hot, right? Like, bing. And in that moment, I know someone's trying to tap into my energy. And so I just put my hand over that chakra and just push the energy off me and it usually cuts it. Or I'll, um, I'll use my hands one on front of the other and cut it like I'm, like I'm cutting a ribbon or something like that. And it cuts off that connection of someone trying to tap into me. I, I realize I probably have that kind of occurrence more than other people, 
uh, just being in the environment I was in for so many years, you have a lot of people coming in there um, that are just, just trying to work on all different realms for power and control and manipulation. And unfortunately, that's more the psychic arm of uh, metaphysic, being metaphysical or a new age store or space. Uh, that's more the psychic realms and not so much the spiritual realm. But, you know, when I first opened the store, I was, I was, you know, still kind of new to my spiritual path. I only knew what I knew kind of thing. I hadn't been exposed to a whole lot, but there wasn't a whole lot going on in the town either. And I assumed that everyone that was psychic was also spiritual. Um, and I had to learn that lesson the hard way. They're not. There are people that are just born with their channels wide open and they're having all these psychic experiences. But that doesn't mean that they're of the light or that they're here to help others find peace or that even that they're compassionate. So just be on the lookout for that. So I have a couple of books I'm going to recommend here, um, three books to recommend. So you may want to go ahead and get a pen out for this. Um, so I'm going to recommend these books and then I'm going to ask for any guests that want to come on and talk about these topics tonight. The books that I'm recommending, this is really for the topic of psychic protection. This is really the go-to book, I think. It's called Psychic Protection, Balance and Protection for Body, Mind, and Spirit. So that's called Psychic Protection balance and protection for body mind and spirit it is written by ted andrews it is a book cover with a yellow background and it looks like i believe that stonehenge on the front of it and again i've mentioned before i love anything ted andrews writes i think that he's very thorough and um, he provides a lot of examples and tools in this book, Psychic Protection, um, some of the things he includes in here are different spiritual beliefs uh, that you may have or want to explore and how to use the information in those different beliefs to help protect you. He includes things like Christianity, Native American, uh, Celtic, all different kinds of belief systems in there and the tools available to you through those uh, different spiritual beliefs. He also talks about how to strengthen your aura and how that can help you with psychic protection. And he talks about tools such as using colors, meditations, and sounds to help you protect yourself from, um, from any kind of psychic misdoings. The second book I'm recommending is um, Psychic Protection for Beginners. And it's by Richard Webster, W-E-B-S-T-E-R is his last name. Again, Psychic Protection for Beginners. This book is a book that's one of those introduction books um, that's produced by Lou Ellen Publishers. And Richard Webster writes a lot of introductory books for Lou Ellen. So if, uh, if you are looking for anything that you're interested in starting a I don't know, using herbs or crystals or meditation or uh, aura information. Richard Webster usually has an intro book to it on uh, that, that's published through Lou Allen. So I advise you, uh, if you're curious about something new, 
check him out, anything by Richard Webster. And then also, of course, I'm going to recommend my own book, The Educated Empath by Angela Boswell. It's available on Amazon. And uh, it, there are parts of this book that really will help empaths protect themselves from the energy and intentions of others. So um, I want to say that I was the, a true empath, right? And um, I really did not see the intentions of other people most of my life. Um, they would just drain me. And I, I couldn't say no. I couldn't walk away from a conversation. I couldn't call somebody out and say, you're really draining me here. You know, those are your problems. You need to go handle them. I didn't have the self-esteem and the self-identity to do those kinds of things. I just was a nice girl and I was brought up to be a nice girl and a polite girl in the South. So I just hung in there and, you know, I just let people talk and I would bend over backwards to help people all the time, no matter how they treated me. Um, even like, you know, friends, close friends, uh, family, people that would not be nice to me, but then I would still go help them do things. And I, I spent a lot of my life like that and spent a lot of time with people that that really weren't interested in spending time with me. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was obligated to do that. Or I'd be in relationships and have someone completely using me, using my energy or my brain or whatever it was, and just letting it happen because I didn't understand my worth and I didn't understand boundaries. Um, I'd, I'd never seen those things. You know, it wasn't an example in my household. And so I didn't understand those kinds of things and that, um, that I needed to protect myself. And I, I talk about this in other talks also about self-protection and it has been a journey for me. And part of my spiritual learning has been protection and not so much the tools, but those definitely helped me in the beginning. If it weren't for the tools, I'm not sure I would have grown in the way that I've grown to protect myself because I needed something physical. I needed to look at something and to know that I was going to be okay and I was protected and I, I needed a, um, like an amulet. And, um, and so for me, that's what, that's what, what crystals were. I had something to hold there. And I felt like when I held that, I was connected in, I was connected into spirit directly. And then uh, it was, and I think for a lot of people too, when they first get into uh, the spiritual realm and psychic -y stuff and developing their abilities, fear comes up a lot and fear and protection. You know, I've got to protect myself. I've got to protect myself. So even when people meditate, they worry about that. You know, how am I going to be protected? I don't want to be wide open while I'm meditating and something's going to come in and it's going to, uh, what is that called? It's going to like possess me and take control of my body. And then I'm stuck with it. And, you know, I'm a zombie or something. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Okay. 
but being in a state where you feel you're protected does help move into those realms a little easier. And if you're going to meditate and you're worried about that kind of thing, the best thing you can do is pray. Just say a prayer that you're protected and know that you're protected. Surround yourself in white light. Surround um, your whole space in white light. And that will help uh, raise your vibration. Because, again, as I talked about earlier, you know, you raise your vibration to a higher frequency. And energy that is at lower frequencies cannot affect you unless you invite it in and feed it. So again, as I say probably every week, your job is to raise your vibration to a higher and higher frequency to where you get it to the highest frequency that you can get it to in this lifetime. And then you come back and do it again. So that that really is, in my opinion, the the purpose of our lives here. So again, when you first start all of this, tools are a great way to start. You know, the sage and the crystals and the oils. And, you know, for a lot of people too, it's wearing a cross. You know, a cross is so symbolic of protection. Where will you believe in? If it's a cross that you put your faith in and you feel protected when you wear a cross, then wear a cross. If it's an onk, wear an onk. Um, if it's a crystal, wear a crystal. You're still tapping in to higher powers than what you believe in at a higher vibration than yours, a higher frequency than yours. So you're bringing in that light, that beautiful white light, and it will dispel darkness that is around you. And if you if you get a chance um, on my podcast, it's on my website, AngelaBoswell.com. Click on podcast. And on there, I have an episode called Ask the Angels. And uh, I have some examples there of when I've called in angels and how they helped me and protected me at the time. And so if you're interested in, in those examples and stories and how you can call on angelic assistance, please go there and listen to that. There may be some tips and tools there that can help you as well. You know, how I just said about tools that you can use on, in the psychic realm when you're feeling fearful. It's kind of the same thing in the emotional realm. You know, that first time you say no. No, I don't want to go to that event. No, I'm not going to sign up for that committee. No, I'm not going to take on an extra project at work. Whatever it may be, the first time that we say no, when we've never been able to say it before, that's a tool that we've just used. And it's hard the first time. And it's hard the second or the third time too. But eventually it becomes a way of life to where you no longer feel obligated to do the things that you do not want to do. And you don't resent yourself for it anymore. But more than anything, you no longer feel guilty for saying no. And that takes practice. You have to practice saying no. 
And then you have to deal with the emotions of guilt. And then you have to figure out why you feel so guilty. And then you start realizing that the world did not end when you said no. <laughs> it didn't. But you know what? Your life got better. And your time became your own. And your energy became yours. And you stop giving things away. And you stop feeling tired and drained and resentful. Because you said no. So that's what it looks like on the emotional side. That's the tool there that you can use for those unintentional energy vampires. You know, most people, they're just trying to get through life. They don't know if, they don't know if what they're doing is draining you or not. Um, they, they just, they're just trying to feel better about their life. They're trying to um, get their needs met and just, I don't know, not take responsibility for themselves or their lives or step into their power. And they look over at you and maybe you're this bright shining light and you know, you got your stuff together and they look at you and they're like, well, maybe if she helps me, then I'll be like her. Maybe that's what they're thinking in their life, you know, that maybe, maybe some of you will rub off on them, <laughs> make their lives a little better, but it doesn't happen that way usually. Um, so if you get to this place where you move out of the relationship of someone draining you by being an unintentional psychic vampire, energy vampire, once you move away and out of that energy and it's no longer happening anymore, then I feel like you move into a space to be an example to others, to show them what it looks like to stand in your power, what it looks like to honor yourself and have boundaries. And I feel like when we learn these really hard lessons like that, it becomes an obligation for us to be that example to others, not enable them, not, not, you know, give them all this stuff and keep going back into that cycle, but to be the example just by how you live your life fearlessly and that you, you don't worry about anyone taking advantage of you or that you have to say no to someone. It just gets so much easier, but then you have that obligation that you must turn around and teach and be the example and tell people the tools and encourage them to increase their self-worth, to honor themselves and their time and their decisions and only be obligated to those things of which they're interested in. You have that obligation to show others. Just as I've talked tonight about that experience that I went through with someone messing with me. She was really messing with me. You got to give me that, okay? This woman was messing with me. Um, it's my obligation to tell that story 
and um, I haven't told it often and never publicly, but I have talked with people that may be going through something similar and I have offered the tools to them that I used in that moment. But I also have to emphasize to them that the whole situation was about me learning how to step in my power. And it came to me in a way that it, it violated something that I considered very valuable and sacred in my life, my work, my belief system. It came to me through that, through a place where I held innocence and I was naive. And I, I just didn't know. I didn't know anybody could do those kinds of things. And so when people tell me these stories, sometimes I, you know, I don't always go, oh my God, that happened to me. But I do say, hey, here's some things you can do because of my experience in doing them. I know that they worked. And so if using dragon's blood oil and um, holy water and a cross or tourmaline or calling in their dragon totem or wolf totem, if those things are what a person needs in order to feel safe in that moment so they can step into their power, then that is what is needed. The key is stepping in their power. Once you are in your power, no one can take advantage of you because you're not going to let them because you now protect yourself. You see it coming and you value yourself and your self-worth and self-esteem are much higher. And so it's like, <laughs> who are you to take advantage of me, to use me? You are not more powerful than me. And your life is not more important than my life, especially to me. And I, I think that we get hung up in that, depending on, on what we were taught as children and our culture as well. Sometimes we get hung up on the fact that other people's needs are more important than our own. And it's not that obvious. The way I'm calling it out makes it sound like, oh, I don't think that. Are you kidding me, Ange? No, I'd never think that. Um, but all you have to do is look at your parents and your children, and that will tell you if you believe that or not. Um, you know, once I um, I was dating someone, I had uh, it was this was after my divorce, and I had had a child, and you know this is later on. I was dating someone and um, I'd had him over for dinner a couple of times. I love to cook. And he said to me, Angela, how come you always fix my plate and hand it to me first before you feed yourself? And I said, I don't know. I guess it's just a habit, you know, having a child, you know, you just... You give them their food first and then, um, you know, I'd make a plate for my husband and give it to him. And then I would sit down last and, you know, make my own plate and sit down last. Or I would be cleaning up while they're eating or something like that. 
And he said, have you ever noticed that you do that? And I said, nope. And he said, here's something else I want you to notice is that you give me the best of the food. He said, you know, say like I picked, cooked like pork chops that night. He said, I can look at this and see that I get the better cut. And this isn't the first time you've done this. He said, I've, I've noticed this a couple of times that you do this. You always give me the better part. And he said, um, from now on, that's not how this is going to be. From now on, you just, you know, if you want to make the plates up, that's fine. And then I'll just come in and take whatever and you take whatever and that's it. But there's no more of this, you dividing these things up so that I get served first and that I get the better stuff. You know, I'm not more important than you. I don't deserve better things than you do. You're not serving me. We're all equals here. And he's, and so I understood what he was saying. It really wasn't about dinner. <laughs> it wasn't about dinner. It wasn't about what I made. It wasn't about what we were eating. It was about the fact that it was a part of my nature to put the other person first, no matter who they were, especially people that I cared about, of course. But their needs came before mine every single time period i deferred to the other person and this was part of a reflection of my self-esteem feeling that other people are more important than me it was part of how i was raised to um to serve others and um i guess to be helpful to others and make other people feel special and a lot of it was just my own personality um, I never thought about anything different. I just thought that that's just the way it was. And to have somebody point it out, <laughs> you know, once, once somebody points out something like that to you, you're like, oh my goodness, I have been doing that my whole life. Like, wow, really? And that's what the moment was like all over, um, you know, all over having that, him pointing that out to me about the dinner plates. So I encourage you, to look around at your life and notice where do you put other people first? I'm not saying it's wrong or it's bad, but when do you do it and how often do you do it and why do you do it? I know a lot of women who put their children first and that's great when kids are little and they need you and their needs come first. I mean, are you kidding me? An infant, their needs come first, right? And as they're even little children, their needs come first. And that's what you're there for. And you're their mom or your dad, you're their dad. And the kid comes first because they can't, they're helpless without you. They have to have you. You have to think of them, their welfare, their safety, their nutrition, that kind of thing. But it does get to a point where it shifts and they become their own person. They become independent and, you know, they, they move out of the house and they're on their own. And during that time of transition, you have to transition as well. And you have to teach them about equality and what it's like to be a family and how to treat each other with respect and that 
their needs don't always come first anymore. It's a family unit and we all have equal importance here. And I think a lot of times we forget that as parents. We forget that with our children. And as children, if we're raised in a different way where we were raised to be servants to our parents, we forget that too as adults. And anytime a parent needs something, we you know, drop everything and rush there, even if it's something that's not really important because we're, we're hardwired to do it. So not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I want you to look at this because going back to my topic tonight about protection, you have to be aware of how you act, of what influences you and what your self-esteem looks like. You have to be able to step into your power and you cannot step into your power if you don't have a strong sense of self-worth. Very hard to do. And it's very, very hard to protect yourself if you don't have high, higher self-esteem or self-worth or if you've never been protected by anyone else so you have no example of it. It's hard and you have to stumble through life and people take advantage of you and hurt you until you finally figure it out and you step in your power. And then once you do, and it does not overnight, I mean, it's years of doing this. When you finally do, you can look back and just be like, wow, I've changed and now I'm healthier. I'm emotionally healthier and I'm happier and I'm stronger. So please, in the next week, Look around at your life. See where you're in your power. See where you're not. Notice the symptoms of your self-esteem. Where is it based on how you treat others and how you treat yourself? Ask yourself about protection. When in your life have you felt protected? When have you protected others? Have you learned how to protect yourself? Maybe you've never had a problem with that kind of thing. I assume that if you never had a problem with that kind of thing, then um, tonight's conversation really isn't valuable to you um, because people that are uh, unintentional energy vampires, they don't even go toward you. Because if you don't have a problem with any of this, they're not going to get any attention from you or any time from you because you've already learned how to step into your power and, and you know how to protect yourself. And so you're not going to have any of these issues because they sense it. And people who want to, to take from you or use you or anything like that, they know who to pick. They know. And how do they know? Because they test all the people around them to see what their reaction's going to be. And based on their reactions, shifts their actions. So if someone casts the bait out to you, you know, if somebody says, Oh, Ange, my life's so hard. Things are so bad. You know, I, I just can't do anything and nobody likes me. And every, I have no money. My car broke down and 
I just don't know what to do. I don't have the strength to get out of bed and, you know, on and on and on. And I say to them, oh, you've tried this? Yes, I've tried that and that didn't work. Oh, well, did you try this? No, that didn't work. I just need you. Can you just come over? Can you just come over and fix this for me? Can you just tell me what I need to do? Oh, are you sure, you know, you, you sure that you, you need me to come do that? Oh yeah, you're the only one. You can do this. I know you can help me. You're the one. You can heal me. I know you are. Based on my reaction, if I'm like, okay, I'll be right over. Then they know that they've set the bait and it's just time to reel me in. <laughs> they got me. They caught me, right? I'm someone that they can now feed off of and drain the life out of me because I took the bait that they were throwing out. You know, maybe I'm a good person. I want to help people and I just don't see it coming. These people see me coming, believe me, or they did. Now, if you're the opposite of that and someone calls you and they're like, you know, hey, Ange, I need your help. I you know, this happened and that happened, and, you know, and, and I said, well, did you try this? And they're like, no. Did you try that? No. Okay. Well, when you do, um, give me a call. Good luck with that. Have a nice trip. <laughs> Good luck on your self journey. Right. But when you try those things and you've tried to, um, empower yourself and enable yourself, that's great. Great job. Call me when you get it done and I'll let you know if I can help. That's the opposite reaction from me, which is going to create the opposite reaction in them. They're going to be like, dang, man, I'm not getting anything from her. I, I need to find somebody else. She's not giving. She's not buying what I'm selling. <laughs> so I'm going to move on and try to find someone else that will take this bait. You know, because maybe they're stuck in their story. Maybe they just don't want to change, but they want people to think that they want to change so that they can get the attention of that, right? But um, but they're not really ready to do that, maybe never be ready to do that. So, um, so that's what they're casting that bait out there for. So, you know, ask yourself, would you take the bait? <laughs> you know, have you taken the bait? Have you been reeled in? Um, you know, where, where are you getting drained? I just want to recap some of this stuff for you. Those are the books that I recommended. Some of the tools that I've recommended are if you want to carry crystals such as tiger's eye, smoky quartz, tourmaline, um, hematite is a good one also. Uh, sage, sage your house or carry sage with you. Use cleansing sprays salt salt around your house under your windows you can also do a um a crystal grid around your house and in each room if you like to if you want to do it around your house just uh bury a crystal in each corner outside on each corner of your house and then put one right in the center uh, you can also do it in each room of your house every all four corners and a crystal in the middle and then take another crystal you know like the something that's long like a quartz wand or something like that and just energetically connect the crystals to each other so that they're all like um, energetically connected and set your intentions um, for me I know this is a whole nother class on crystals and crystal grids and stuff like that 
for me, the crystals I use, uh, my go-to are clear quartz crystals because they amplify energy. And then depending on the room, I'll do different crystals, especially in the middle of the room. You know, for, for the bedroom, I'll do a little rose quartz for love. For my office, I'll do a little citrine for business success. Um, just, uh, you know, my if, if you have an area where you work out, um, maybe some green aventurine for health and to get any new habits going. So those are different ways that, that crystals can help you. And then um, in, in energetically things, mental and energetic things, prayer, find, find the being, the energy that makes you feel the safest and call them. And, you know, I gave examples of angels, Mother Mary, Jesus, um, a loved one who's passed away, God, uh, your higher power, anything like that. And then that bubble of white light, that is super, super, super effective. Surround yourself in a bubble of white light and have that around, around you all of the time. That's really going to uh, help you be more protected. Um, around the, from around the energies around you. If that's just not doing the trick, outside of that bubble of white light, build a cement wall and put mirrors on the outside of that wall. The best thing you can do is raise your vibration, keep your energy high, and these things just won't affect you um, like they would. If you were closer to their frequency, it will affect you more. So try to keep your vibration high, keep your frequency high. And that's part of the, um, of the journey here of protecting yourself. And then energetically, again, um, energetically to protect yourself with the unintentional psychic vampires. Look at the decisions you make. Um, how many times do you say no to things that you don't want to do? How many times do you do things you don't want to do that you're obligated to do? If you resent any of those things, really step into your power, protect yourself, increase your self-esteem, stick by yourself, be your best friend, all of that kind of stuff. And make sure that, that your needs come first in your own life. You're the most important person in your own life. That's the way it works. And, Gosh, man, I didn't learn that till I was probably in my 40s, <laughs> late 30s, early 40s, something like that. Finally, I figured it out. Like, oh, my gosh, why is everyone in my life more important than me? Why are their needs more important than mine? Huh, look at that. And then it finally started changing because I created awareness around it. And I encourage you to do that, too, if you are like that, like I was. To learn more about me and my services and to book a session, please click the link in this podcast or visit www.angelaboswell.com. Thank you.